Kia ora tātou. This is the blog post from the 28th of May 2020. Comfort is a nice place, but nothing ever grows there. And just before we get started, I'm pretty sure I've already used that title in previous posts. But anyway, <laughs> I know it's only the beginning of our time exploring expressions and depths of Urutingangana, the eldest of Tiratua, of the gods and the Atua of light, but I love it so much already. Being slightly more aware of the concepts we covered last week around uru, or how we enter into and out of spaces, understandings and phases, etc., has me behaving slightly more deliberate about how I do that, how I enter into physical spaces, what my intent is, how I impact the space, how I enter into and out of different levels of understanding of myself and of the world around me. Celebrating the transitions between phases and creating ceremonies to acknowledge these shifts has been a new thing I've started to experiment with. Super low key, uh, pretty much like everything else in my life, <laughs> and a space for me to check in with the tupes, uh, with the tupuna, to recalibrate, to realign myself to fulfill the vision. Like I mentioned above, it's only early days, but I'm loving the process and the effect this is having so far. Other interpretations we can draw on for Urutingangana are how Uru describes the west in terms of direction. So we could consider that the metaphor of kato te uru, the sun sets in the west, and evidently when this happens, the world enters into a phase of rest, of darkness. Interesting, since Ngangana, uh, the second half of his name, means to glow, and Urutingangana is referred to as the Atua of light, so it's a bit of a, what's it called, an oxymoron? <laughs> the metaphor could be to describe how our level of understanding or comprehension will always end, die, become redundant, or set in the West, but in turn allowing for something new to take its place, for new maramatanga enlightenment to occur. Maybe, <laughs> those are just my whakaro, what are your thoughts so far? Something to consider anyway. Here we back to the post. The book I'm currently listening to, The 5am Club by Robin Sharma, dropped this bomb on me yesterday. Procrastination is a form of self-hatred. We'll just let that one simmer for a bit. Let some dramatic pause, some dramatic silence in there. It took me a while to process it when I first heard it. And yes, you heard that correctly. Procrastination is a form of self-hatred. Okay, I think that's long enough. <laughs> I make no secret of the fact that I procrastinate or have procrastinated in the past. I set a five-month deadline to write my first book because I knew if I gave myself more time, I'd still end up with about five months to work on it anyway. And even then, during that five months, I found ways to distract myself to procrastinate. And for example, with five days to go before the book launch which people had bought tickets to, I might add, um, I still hadn't sent the final documents to the printers for them to print the book so I could have some at the launch. And I had come so far in the process and just before the end, those trusty self-doubt and self-sabotage voices became more and more vocal and more and more difficult to silence. But I found upon reflection that procrastination was my safe place. And I had kind of glamorized getting distracted and just accepted that I didn't have the discipline to not procrastinate. 
And I've never heard or seen procrastination described as a form of self-hatred and it's really impacted on me. I wrote a whole blog post about it. (laughs) So don't cross me, otherwise this is your fate. (laughs) And it stung at first. Like I got defensive, I reasoned why it's not true, or at least not true for me. (laughs) Yep, roll your eyes, I am, even as I was writing this. Um, But listening to it phrased that way made me uncomfortable. So I knew that I was triggered by it, and so I knew I had to sit with it. And the more I sat with it, the more I started to resonate with the truth behind those words. And the book goes on to say something like this, but I've paraphrased it into my own words. Why would you delay going all in on yourself, going all in on your dreams if you truly loved yourself? Why would you put off realizing your potential and unlocking the brilliance within you, polishing up on your gifts and your crafts and serving others in the process if you really had your self-love on lock? Why would you choose a life where you never discover what you're capable of because you couldn't be bothered or because you distracted yourself at every turn? I still don't know how I feel about the phrase um, because it's quite intense, right? It's quite aggressive, but it's woken me up to how much I procrastinate still, even though, you know, I've been putting little things in place, but we'll get to more. We'll, I'll share more about that with you when I finish this post, <laughs> when I finish reading. Um, but it's woken me up to how much I procrastinate and how much I've accepted average and mediocrity is okay. And if I truly believe I'm whakapapa in action, that I'm embodying everyone who's come before me and those who are yet to come, they deserve better. And I deserve better, really. And this does not mean filling my day with mahi and only being focused on output. I also believe there's a difference between rest and recovery and procrastinating. Heck, I probably procrastinate and make other poor decisions, <laughs> generally across the board, because I'm not rested. And there are other factors at play too, like the capitalist system that our lives have been designed to fit, um, and other systems of oppression, but we're only just scratching the surface, I feel. Only just entering into new levels of this wānanga new levels of discomfort. (laughs) But what have you become comfortable with in your life? It's a nice place, of course, but nothing ever grows there. Tēnā tātou, hana. Oh, second post, second week covering uritingāngana. And, oh, I'm really enjoying it. I think that's in the first line. Like, it's only the beginning, but just this more deliberate or more intentional awareness mindfulness, consciousness around entering into and out of, like uru, just that basic word that we covered last week in last week's post, is having quite a big impact on me and on the decisions I make throughout the day. Like I've put all these different pieces together, I've collected different strands and I'm starting to weave them together or to notice how I behave in certain spaces and I'm keeping track of my uh, habits throughout the day, uh, what I'm eating, uh, what time, who I'm interacting with and how and the effect that that's having. Keeping track of all those things is something new for me. (laughs) It's something I have shied away from or avoided um, with as much power as I can in some cases. 
Um, but becoming more aware and more intentional about how I'm doing things and also what I'm doing and even deeper than that, why I'm doing them in the first place. I think the second or third line in this post, being slightly more aware of the concepts we covered last week around uru and how we enter into and out of spaces, understandings and phases, has me behaving slightly more deliberate. And another cool line from the book, uh, which this relates to or this ties into is how just 1% of a change every day like an improvement in one area of your life of 1% after 30 days that's 30% of an improvement compared to day one and then after one year that's 365% of an improvement and so I thought it was quite cute I don't know if that's the word (laughs) Uh, but just to add that slightly more aware because I'm not going to say like I'm fully aware of um, how I enter into different things, um, but just slightly now it's on my mind, I'm thinking about it, and it's something that I am trying to track as well. And the reason I'm doing this is I'm trying to figure out uh, what affects me in a positive way, so what allows me to be more productive or more focused, what I can do to minimize distractions and minimize opportunities to procrastinate. Um, But that was so heavy hitting when I was listening to the book, like it made me stop. I think I was stretching this morning or yesterday morning. And it said procrastination is a form of self-hatred. And I say in there, um, like the first time I heard it, I was defensive. (laughs) It's like, um, no, it's not. I love myself (laughs) and I procrastinate. Um, But I was obviously triggered by it, and so I sat with those feelings, sat with the discomfort, and that ties back in with the blog title, like comfort is a nice place but nothing ever grows there. And so trying to understand why I felt that way, well, it was kind of because I was slapped with the truth, (laughs) in a way. And that's why I added those different examples there, like why would we, not just as individuals, but I think as a community, as a collective, we've settled and we've accepted um, average and mediocrity as okay. And we know that's not how our tupuna lived because it's in different whakatauki, whakatauaki, in different kiwaha, in purako, in the stories that we have about our tupuna, even in oriori, moteata, the way they lived, the rituals they had, mediocrity was not okay. Your whakapapa lines would not continue if you were average, if you were teats. <laughs> um, but we've accepted it, we've let ourselves get distracted by social media, by the different streaming sites, like um, our devices are created and they've been designed to keep us on them. And we let them, right? It's convenient, it's fun, it's comfortable. <laughs> but that goes back to the title of the post. Comfort is a nice place, but nothing ever grows there. And that's the kind of phase that I'm in at the moment. And I've really, in talking with a few friends, I've realized that this has kind of been about six or seven months in the making. So towards the end of last year, when I was burning out a lot, I started to like reflect and just pull things back. I took um, no more bookings for 2020 or declined bookings and was starting to focus on my own stuff. 
And that was one of the main reasons why I wanted to plant a mara because that would mean I'd have to be home. And if I was home and not working or taking on as much work, then I'd have to find ways to be self-sufficient and earn an income based at home. So I had to upskill and learn a few different things, collect different pieces of matauranga and knowledge and um, try to make something work based at home so I could do my mara and just hit all these other things. And so the space that I'm in now hearing those words that procrastination is a form of self-hatred is like it really resonates with me I've come across a few other posts about procrastination and it's like it's the thief of success or something but those have never done it for me like they've been like okay cool (laughs) let me just see what's on this other channel Or let me see what whoever's posted or if they've posted today. Like, oh, they just don't do it for me. But this one definitely hit home because almost all of the kōrero I share is about self-awareness, learning about yourself. And I already know that I procrastinate. I share different stories about that quite regularly. And another thing that primed me to be open to being challenged in this way was how I've been writing a post every Thursday for almost three and a half years, which is pretty awesome, pretty special. But it means I can get an insight into what I was thinking about, how I was thinking, uh, what was important to me, or what of what I thought was worth writing, what had triggered me enough to write a blog post about it <laughs> every week for almost three and a half years. And I have seen a few pop up and I've read them and my heart's kind of sunk a little. Like some of them are cringeworthy, so don't go finding those. Some of them I'm really impressed by because I'm like, wow, (laughs) three years ago I was thinking like this. But then some of them, my heart sinks because I'm like, far, I'm still like that. There hasn't been any growth, you know, and the procrastination thing has been one of those. Like I used to procrastinate back then and I'm still doing it. So I'm like, hey, you've got the evidence, like you can't hide from that. (laughs) So, yeah, I guess this is the kind of stuff that um, or that book has been perfect for me right now and a lot of the other books that I've um, been consuming lately like it takes what it takes so putting different things in place never ever dreamed that I would have a spreadsheet to keep track of my habits (laughs) Um, yeah a month ago probably I wouldn't even entertain that idea but now you know like there are so many things that I want to do that I know I can do but am limiting myself from doing and procrastination is one of the reasons why but now that I've shared it with you and now that I've reframed it as well to think of it like this I'm like hey if I really love myself if I love my people if I love kaupapa if I love tupuna tauranga and all these other things I can't procrastinate because that is a disservice to myself, to my whānau, hapu, iwi, to my collective, to kaupapa, and to whakapapa, really, at the end of the day. And so this one's definitely uh, my favourite, even though I say that about all the posts, like this is, um, yeah, I really enjoyed this one, and I hope you did too, and hope that you resonated with some of it, at least, or that you could um, take some of it and apply it to your own life. Keen to hear how you've done that, or, you know, what parts you liked, if you, you were triggered by that, all, 
um, or if you love comfort or you know how any of it <laughs> resonates with you, I'll be keen to hear it. So please share. Um, but otherwise, itiwi, I will catch you next week with our next post on Uritingangana. We're only just scratching the surface and oh, I love it. <laughs> hey kona, pomari.